The time is now. They gon' love me for my ambition. Easy to dream, a dream, but what's harder to live? What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to Ambitious Minds. This is episode two, and uh, me and Brad are so excited today because uh, we're gonna have our first special guest, um, and our guest today is gonna be Pastor Travis Hall. Um, just to give you guys a little bit of background on Pastor Travis before we cut into the episode, uh, Pastor Travis Hall has served in ministry since 2001 um, as the lead pastor of Life Church International. Um, it's a dynamic and diverse congregation that's in Metro Atlanta. Uh, he has 16 years of ministry experience, four years as a youth pastor, and 12 serving as the lead pastor of a thriving multicultural congregation. Uh, from university campuses to local congregations, uh, Pastor Travis is a conference speaker who's passionate about investing in leaders and helping them discover their purpose um, and develop and protect their God-given purpose. Uh, he's recently published a book. We have that with us today, Seven Deadly Thoughts. Uh, we're going to talk about this today on a podcast um, and engage us weekly with the community growing leaders on his blog on CultivateMyPurpose.com. Guys, we're so excited about this podcast today. and. Please get your pens and your notebooks ready, guys. Um, let me remind you of this. Uh, what you guys always hear might not be for the right now you. It might be for the future you. It might be for it might be for the right now you. It might be even for someone you've never met yet. All right, so take notes, guys. Take notes. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed this time. We're excited about it. So um, episode two, let's go. Guys, welcome, welcome. to Ambitious Mind. This is episode number two. Here we go. Oh, uh, man. And we're super excited today, guys. Um, we have Mr. Pastor Travis. I don't know if you should say Mr. and Pastor together, but uh, we have Pastor Travis Hall on a, with us today. And uh, he's our first guest, y'all. Um, so we're super excited. Um, he's my spiritual father. Brad has gotten a chance to get to know him. Oh, yeah. We hung out in Atlanta. We're tight. <laughs> we're tight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so um, we're super excited. Just how I told you guys in the intro, man. We uh, today we're talking about passion and purpose. And um, guys, when I when I think about that topic, I can't think about anybody else better to talk about this topic with than Pastor Travis. So, uh, Pastor Travis, welcome to the podcast. Well, thanks, guys. I'm honored, truly honored, and excited to be on with you and and to have the double honor of being your first guest. Uh, man, that means so much to me, and uh, and I do know you both, and have so much respect for both of you as leaders. Um, so it's an honor for me to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, most definitely. Um, and I don't know if you got a chance to check out the fancy mugs that we got, say ambitious minds on it. <laughs> so we'll make sure we'll make sure we send one down to Atlanta for you. That's right. I'll be uh, looking for it. But first of all, I want to hear how's the weather down there right now? Are you kidding me? It's incredible. I mean, there's, there's just nothing else to say. It's it's incredible. I was, you know, I've still got family up in Saginaw, Michigan, of course, and uh, talked to them a, a, two weeks ago. And I said, what's the weather like? He said, oh, it's freezing here today. I think it's like 17 degrees. I said, really? It's 72 here. And uh, so I had no problem rubbing that in and letting them know how much they're, how much they're missing and how much we love Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah. Um, last night, Brad uh, sent me an email. He got us a TikTok. And I already told oh, you, I, yes. I don't know what to do with this. Uh -huh. <laughs> I was like, because if Pastor Travis calls us out, we got to be ready because we're, we're on that TikTok. <laughs> um, well, congratulations I mean, and welcome to TikTok. Let me tell you guys, there's there's a ton of potential out there in the TikTok world. I, I just got on um, 
I mean, I don't know, halfway through January, I've, I've only been on a couple of months, but reaching a lot of people with it. So I'll look forward to seeing you over there. Awesome. Good stuff. Um, what well, should we hop in, man? Let's do it. Let's hop in. So um, we're talking about passion and purpose, and I guess let's start at the bare bones of it. Um, what would you say is passion and purpose? Are they the same? Um, you know, what, what is it? Okay. Well, I don't think you can separate passion from purpose. In fact, I, I think passion is um, evidence that you're uncovering purpose. Uh, it's the thing that makes you come alive. And I tell people when they're trying to discover what purpose is, pay attention to the stuff that makes you just come alive. I think sometimes we make it difficult, mysterious. Uh, but really, if you just pay attention, you were put together a certain way, you're created for something very specific. And when you start to lean into this stuff, that you're created for your purpose something inside of you will come alive i say it like this your gifts plus your passion equal your purpose when you when you start to hit on that stuff you know you 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 try it and you're like wow i didn't know i was going to enjoy that so much man i really like that i really like doing that um you're on to something don't walk away from it lean into it explore it play with it yeah. um I, i'm convinced our purpose is always going to be tied to our dominant gifting, but you don't just have one stream of purpose. We all have multiple streams of purpose. Mm. Um, I, I'm of the persuasion that we probably have up to four different expressions of purpose or streams of purpose or expressions of purpose. So I'll give you an example. Uh, somebody says that um, they're trying to find their purpose, but they feel like they've got so much purpose. You know, they, they've, um, they like to draw, they like to color they, or, or, or paint, they like to sing, they like to dance. Well, really, if you listen, listen to them very carefully, uh, it's all tied to their dominant gifting, which is creativity. Their, their streams or expressions of purpose all flow really from the same place, just different expressions. Yeah. And uh, that's one of the things, guys, that I think is really mysterious with when I talk to people or try to coach people to help discover their purpose is well, I feel like it's more than one thing that doesn't feel right. Well, no, that's fine. It, it can be multiple things, but they oftentimes will show up in different seasons of your life. Hmm. I, I think I think you what you just said, the showing up in different seasons of our lives. I think maybe that's the confusing piece, right? Because yep. um, I mean, I, I think about the different things that I've been passionate about. So, yep. you know, ET's catering and e, I mean, even for you with the photography and everything and a lot of it aligns into the same yep. you know, same things. But um it's different seasons for everything and um that's that's good and you said and i want to make sure i got this right so our listeners can hear gifts plus passion equals purpose that's right your gifts right. plus your passion equal purpose and let me just say something on the back end of that um whatever stream or expression of purpose you've discovered in this season of your life here's what you need to do sit with it cultivate it enjoy it don't try to look for the next thing i, I promise you that that next thing will reveal itself to you in time. Oftentimes, the mistake we make is we don't stop to enjoy the purpose we can live in now. Mm. We don't cultivate it to its fullest potential. And it only matures to about half, half of its potential because we're always so quick to look for the next thing. Uh, but don't get impatient in this season of your life. Enjoy the season of your life. Enjoy learning about this expression of, of purpose in your life. And don't put undue pressure on yourself to make all expressions of purpose be fruitful yeah. right now. Nothing will wear you out, tire you out, make you discouraged. And honestly, 
quit on all of it, like trying to do all of it at one time or making something happen before it sees it. But Pastor right. Travis, I'm young. I'm trying to get it now. Mm -hmm. I, I I need it now. I mean, why yeah. why wait? If I if I can if I can knock this out and um, yeah, here's the, about here's being the, ambitious. Here's the irony. The irony is is by you trying to make it all happen at once, you're missing it. Mm -hmm. If the purpose that you have uncovered in this season of your life is the one that's going to be the most fruitful, whether you're talking about financially, you're talking about revenue in your life, starting a business, you cannot cultivate a successful business that's going to uh, um, produce revenue when you're off chasing four or five different things that it's, it's not even the right season for this. This is the season to focus on the purpose you've discovered so far, cultivate it to its greatest potential so that when the next one shows up, it's already rolling. All you have to do is hire somebody or build your team so that they can keep that plate spinning for you while you start to cultivate the next thing. Hmm. You know, and I think you just answered so many people's question too. You know, and I think Eris can probably agree to this, you know, especially in that weird transition age of out of high school to like early twenties. Yeah. I'll tell you what, one of the number one things we used to hear is like, well, I just, I don't know what I'm passionate about. I don't know what my purpose is yet. And Matt, you, you just hit it right on the dot. Like, I think, I wish everybody in that age, you know, frame right now could hear that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And which to your point, Brad, I mean, it's the law of exposure, the, the importance of, and I, this is something that I teach when I talk about purpose, the law of exposure It is the importance of exposing yourself to different environments and different experiences. And it's a way of awakening the stuff that God placed on the inside of you. But while you're doing that, enjoy the ride. Don't right. feel this undue pressure. And what we usually do is we compare, <laughs> we compare our real life to someone else's Instagram life. Mm. And, and, and that is what puts this undue haste and pressure on our lives. Cause you, you'll have one or two guys who, okay, they're 25, they're 26 to 27. They've made their first million dollars. And everyone's like, yeah, I've, I've got to make that happen for me. Hold on. Time out. Time out. <laughs> A couple of things. Number one, number one, you have no idea what the other side of that story is. Yeah. Um, you don't know what he went through to get there. Quite frankly, you don't know what he or she is going through now. And just because they look happy on Instagram doesn't mean they're happy off of Instagram. Um, the worst thing to do is begin to compare your journey to someone else's journey and let Instagram set the pace of your purpose. Mm. Don't do it. Mm. Don't let comparing yourself on social media determine the pace of your purpose. Do not do it. I'm 45 years old, 45 years old, just now in this season of my life, the things are beginning to manifest in my life in the form of purpose that I've been wanting to do for the last 15 years. Yeah. The season wasn't right. The timing wasn't right but it's right now. And that's what I'm trying to tell people. Uh, you know, guys, I'm a pastor. And so I'm going to give you a, a, a scripture. The Bible says, when God gives wealth, he brings no sorrow with it. Okay. And a lot of times I see a lot of people gaining a lot of wealth, but there's a lot of sorrow. There's, there's marriages falling apart, families breaking up. There's an incredibly uh, enor uh, enormous amount of anxiety and fear and depression in our culture. And a lot of it is from pursuing things before, before our time. Uh, and I would encourage people to find the pace of grace to enjoy discovering, cultivating the purpose in their season. Don't let, you know, this tiny percentage of people who, who, who have quote unquote made it at this point of their life, determine your story. Mm. Your story is not their story. It's, it's not, it's not about how you start. It's about how you finish. And it's about enjoying the journey between start and end. Yeah. 
That's good. That's good. That is. And then, shoot. Man, All right. I'm, I'm sitting here taking notes because <laughs> exactly. I'm so guilty of that. Exactly. I'm so guilty of that. All right. So let, let's kind of dive in. So, um, so passion, in order for a purpose to exist, passion has to be there as well. So it has to coexist. Um, can you fall into a pitfall of possibly being in, well, is it possible to be in your purpose and not be passionate about it? Uh, which it sounds like that's a no. Um, and I guess on the flip side about that, can you be passionate about something, but it not be your purpose? Okay. Um, so we'll take the first part of that question first. Is it possible to be in your purpose, but not be passionate about what you're doing? Um, yes, it's possible. And when it happens, it's usually because of one or two reasons, right? Number one, you need rest. You haven't established healthy boundaries. And because you love what you do, you're off the gauges. You can't tell that your tank's running on empty. Yeah. This is the dangers of not establishing boundaries. When you're walking in your purpose, you love what you do. Can I tell you guys something? I love what I do. I was just in an interview earlier today and, and we we're talking, we we're having the same, a similar conversation, not the same, but similar. And um, talking about the, the question they asked me is what's boring in your life. And I said, nothing. I, I, I have not one boring part of my life. I'm excited at home with my wife. I'm excited with my kids. I'm excited at church. I'm excited in writing. I'm excited in every part of my life. I'm, I'm excited. But now watch this. There's danger in that. If you don't have boundaries established ahead of time, you will work yourself until your passion tank gets down to empty. Mm. You have to take care of yourself emotionally, mentally, spiritually, and relationally. Listen, I know a lot of people walking in their purpose and passionate and their marriage is falling apart or their health is suffering or their mental health is suffering or emotionally they're just struggling because passion can take you. I mean, passion is a great thing. It's a great thing, but sometimes it can mask that love for what you do can mask what you're lacking. Yeah. So it's possible that the passion tank gets empty. And number one, it's either because you, you need rest. You need to decide what time of the day you're going to stop working. What day am I taking off this week? When am I going to take a vacation this year? When am I going to get away with my family? Right. I tell people all the time. Uh, I want your listeners to think about this. Um, it takes way more faith to rest than it does to work. Mm. Mm. Way more faith, way more faith. It takes way more faith for me to stop doing what I love to do and trust that God has already got things worked. Look, if God can keep the earth spinning on its axis, if God can keep the whole world together, surely for 24 hours, he can keep my world together. It takes way more faith to stop and just rest and enjoy life than it does to keep working, keep working, keep working. Uh, number two, I think another thing that can oftentimes cause the, the, the passion to sort of, you know, dwindle is when I've stepped out of my gift zone, mm. right? So remember what I said, your gifts plus your passion equal your purpose. If I spend too much time out of my gift zone, um, sort of the buzzword we hear right now in entrepreneurial circles is your zone of genius. Uh, when you get out of your gift zone or your zone of genius, uh, it's incredible how quickly that will zap your passion. It'll drain you, you know, um, now, there are things along the way that you're just going to have to do that that it's not in your gift zone, but you know, you got to kind of suck it up a little thing here, a little thing there. But as you grow in your purpose, whether it's business or leadership or ministry or coaching, you name it, as you grow, the goal is to build your team and staff 
for the stuff that you're not gifted to do. That's how you protect your passion. Find people that look, if, if you're a, uh, if you're the visionary, you're going to need people that are administrative. If you've got the big picture, you need people that love details. Can I be honest with you guys? I like what details produce, but I don't like to be the one that manages them. Yeah. Right. That, that, that drains me. Now I love how it looks when it's finished. Yep. I know what I want it to look like, yep. but, but it, takes me out of my gift zone to be that person. So what does that mean? I need administrative giftings and people around me that have my heart and understand. And so when I step out of my gift zone and stay there for too long, that can, you can literally be doing your purpose and get tired because I am doing something I really wasn't gifted to do or created to do. Okay. Um, I think the second part of your question was, can you be passionate about what you're doing, uh, but not fulfill uh, your purpose? I think it's a good question. I think an important question to ask um, in this scenario is this. Have you scaled the expression of your purpose in order to maximize impact? Okay. In other words, are you doing something um, you like doing related to your purpose, but you shouldn't be doing anymore, which is what we just were kind of talking about? Yeah. Uh, because that's the point you should be probably paying somebody or have hired somebody or you've built your team uh, so that they can do the things that uh, that you're really not created to do or passionate about doing you made you made a good point there where you said um impact right and i and i think um how we determine purpose now i think especially at a younger age is i'm in my purpose if it's making money Right. Yeah. Yeah. Money from the beginning to the, from the beginning to the end. Right. If I if I put in a small seed, that, that seed that sucker got to grow like this. Right. Um, and, right. And I think you hit it right on the hit it right on the head when you saw impact. Impact. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, if you don't define if you don't define um, success in a meaningful way, uh, that that's a recipe for for burnout and disaster, because I'll be honest, I've discovered you can, you can make the money and be really unhappy. Um, I would rather make an impact. I would, and, and here's the thing, here's what I found. If I'm making an impact, then by virtue of making an impact, you, you will generate an income. Mm -hmm. But we usually put the cart before the horse. We, yeah. we, we chase, I would say like this. You, in fact, um, Eris, you've heard me say this before. Most people spend their life pursuing a paycheck, mm -hmm. but if you pursue your purpose, then the paycheck will pursue you. Yes, sir. Mm. Yes, sir. Mm. Um, you also talked about boundaries, right? And uh, I, I guess a question I want to ask because, you know, Brad, I know you're in a different realm right now where being in real estate, mm -hmm. right? To a certain extent, you're, you're your own entrepreneur, mm -hmm. right? Um, can we talk about boundaries for, you know, those that uh, have a boss? Right. Um, so you yeah. know, you're working for a company, how do you create boundaries in those in those in those times where it's like, okay, I'm trying to fulfill my purpose, right? So maybe, you know, you're not officially working for yourself right now. Or, and I and maybe I'm wrong in this, but I don't believe your purpose always has to be you working, you're not working for someone. I think you can fulfill mm -hmm. your purpose, but you're working for a company. Um, absolutely right. But how do you create those boundaries? Know that knowing that you have certain things that you also have to accomplish um, within that company as well. Yeah. So you have to use the framework that you're given, and you have to ask yourself a question: Am I okay with this framework? Am I okay with 
the fact that the day that I usually like to have off, uh, you know, three times a month, my boss is going to want me here or I'm going to. So if you're in real estate, I've got to sometimes you're at the mercy of the client, you know, so you've got to work with that framework and say, am I OK with this? But even in that framework, you shouldn't compromise boundaries. They just change. They say, OK, I'm in control of this. This is when I'm going to take time off. Um, or, you know, this is when I'm going to start. Here's when I'm not going to start. Here's where I'm going to show houses. Here's where I'm not going to show houses. Here's, here's where I'm open and available for meetings. And here's where I'm not within the framework that you've been given. Now you do have to ask yourself a question. Am I okay with this framework? Is this healthy for me? Is it healthy for me physically, emotionally, mentally? Is it healthy for my marriage or my relationships? And if the answer is no, then you're going to need to have the courage to make other arrangements maybe try something new, you know, walk away. I, I would just caution, especially young leaders, especially in today's culture. Oh my goodness. Uh, you know, your, your opportunities to find, um, work today are so much different than they used to be. I mean, you can, there are people working remotely today. There are people working from home to like never before through COVID. Some companies decided that they're never going to reopen their brick and mortar building again. They, they just decided that they like this model. And my whole point there is that there are more opportunities and, and not to adopt a scarcity mindset that says, this is it for me, but saying, wait a minute, this isn't good for me. Yeah. I respect what they're trying to do, but my values my values not theirs necessarily dictate this decision so if my family's going to suffer and my health is going to suffer emotionally mentally physically then i might need to figure something else out so am i willing to work with their framework and carve out some boundaries for myself every week on the calendar or am i not and maybe i just need to part ways now while we're still in good standing yeah I mean, I, you know, to be vulnerable with you, this, I'm so glad we're talking about this because this is something that I've struggled with. Um, this year is my first year really being, you know, quote unquote, self-employed and really being in control of my own schedule. And when you said it takes more faith to rest than it does to work like that, that definitely spoke to me because I've seen myself falling into that. You know, I'm so driven. I'm like, I, I love what I'm doing right now and I'll catch myself. Okay. I worked, I worked seven days this week. You know, yeah. what's next yeah. week look like? You know, what are my boundaries? And uh, this is this is perfect because this is something I've reflected on in this past week of I need to make my own schedule. You know, even though I don't have to necessarily pour it in, but I need to have some structure that I'm going to stick to. Uh, so yeah. I, I love that. I think it's great. Yeah. Well, Brad, I applaud you for that. That's I mean, you know, that's that's a beautiful example of self-leadership. I think learning to lead ourselves comes first. And then we're in a better position to, you know, lead others well. And so that revelation is incredible. Um, my heart is that more uh, entrepreneurial people like yourself would would do that for themselves. Because I've been making my own schedule for years. And um, I discovered that very early on. If I'm not intentional about my time, um, then I'll lose it. And it'll get away from me really, really quick. So I applaud you. And man, when uh, Pastor Travis talks about like, building out his day y'all I, I remember and I, I don't know if it's the same now but it used to be like i wake up at this time i'm taking a shower from this time to this time i'm i'm doing this um do you still do that now yeah i do it's not it, but it's not as um it's it's become such a routine such a ritual for me um you know when i started doing it i had to be really disciplined and focused on it not anymore i mean i've been doing it for so long it's legitimately a habit it's legitimately built into 
my schedule, um, uh, the order of the day, um, because I just want to maximize my day. I want to maximize my time. And uh, but here's the deal. I play hard, too. I mean, I don't just work hard. I play hard. You know, I mean, um, I want to know that when I get to the end of my week, I really, really gave it my all. Yeah. I man, this week I really did. This week I, I and and I think that's easier when you love what you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. Um, me and Brad are you know we talk about this all the time and you know not to deviate too much but uh, you talked about your routine. What would you say are like your first three things that you do when you get up in the morning? Uh, first three things that I do uh, in my well, depending on how detailed my routine you want to get. First thing I do <laughs> is I get up and get up and I very first thing I do, honestly, I wake up, um, I go and make two cups of coffee, one for me and one for my wife, I bring it back up for her. And I sit down in the bed, I read my Bible, I read scripture, I pray, and I spend some time in meditation. And then the next thing I do is review my day, I literally look at my calendar, I'm still sitting in the bed, I haven't moved, um, finishing my coffee. And um, that those are the first things that I do every single morning, make my coffee, pray, read some scripture. Um, I'll meditate, maybe read something else oftentimes um, that coincides with my my scripture reading. And then just some silence and solitude with the Lord. And then um, I get out of bed and start my day. Man, I, I need love to, that. I, need, I, need to I know. Okay. Yeah, that, no, <laughs> no, Pastor Travis, no, Arisa, we've been talking about this. What time do you wake up every morning? Yes, yes. <laughs> um, you know, I give myself a little grace these days, not as early as I used to, but I still get up at 545. Oh, Lord. And, um, Lord. So, Lord. I, I, be, I be struggling with the seven. <laughs> <laughs> I still get up at 545. Um, I used to, it used to be when, Eris, when I was teaching that, it used to be 5 a.m. Mm. And I did that for years. Um, but I gave myself, a, 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 over time, I've grown in grace. And I've given myself <laughs> that extra 45 minutes. But yeah. let me tell you guys why. Um, I, I just have discovered that those first few things for me are so they're so important my time and my time in prayer is precious to me Mm. Um, it's not something i have to do it's something i get to do Um, my time studying scripture is something i get to do you know these are these are things that set me on the course of my day if i wait too late the house wakes up um, there's all kinds of distractions that you know um, that kind of vie for your attention that those first few moments of silence and solitude really helped me get into the frame of mind and the mindset and get some direction for the day that I need. And so it's probably easier for me just because of because of my perspective of that that time and that moment. But uh, hey, give it a try. Set the alarm for five forty five. Let me know how it goes tomorrow. Okay, we got you. We got you. <laughs> I'll be setting a couple of five forty five, four forty six. All right, so let's get back to purpose real quick. Um, Somebody that's listening right now, they're new to this. Um, They haven't heard what purpose is. Maybe they've grown up in a household where it's like, you know, you work for a really good company, you work your way up, you make a lot of money, take care of your family. That's it. And they have no idea. For the first time they're hearing this purpose, there's something that's burning inside of them, but they don't know how to give birth to that. They don't know uh, what to do with it. How can somebody that is new to this, how can they find their purpose? Well, purpose is in every single person. Mm-hmm. If you're breathing, you have purpose. Everybody has it. Some might refer to it as destiny or calling, 
Um, but I refer to it as purpose. I mean, the scripture tells us we were created for good works to accomplish. Uh, we were put together for something very specific that God has for us to do in the earth. And when we do that, there's a sense of uh, this incredible sense of fulfillment that you're doing what you were created to do. And it brings you, it just brings you a certain sense of grace and joy. Like you just, you really love to do it because you are made to, and it's a gift. Honestly, purpose is a gift. Um, I always try to walk people through some questions that help eliminate these limiting beliefs that we adopt about ourselves that, you know, we picked up either from stuff that was said to us at some point in our lives, um, places that we've gotten hurt, that oftentimes our pain is a source of uh, limiting beliefs in our life. And so I try to walk people through some questions to help eliminate some of those obstacles uh, just to get the conversation started. And so one of the questions I ask people is, what would you do with your life if you knew you couldn't fail? And it's such an important question because so many people, they know exactly what they would do, but they are scared to death of failing. Because we were taught growing up that the worst thing that could happen in your life is fail. Uh, even sometimes our parents, God bless them. I mean, you know, they were just do, they're just being good good parents. You know, um, and and me being a parent uh, of five, by the way, I understand. Uh, not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but oftentimes they would say, "Oh, don't do that. You're going to get hurt. Get down from there. You're going to get hurt. Don't do that. You're going to get hurt." And subconsciously, what we learned was that the worst thing that could happen is to get hurt. The worst thing that could happen is to fail. And so we live our whole lives to be careful. Mm-hmm. The problem is that there's conflict in our soul because there's purpose that we're created for, but this limiting belief that says success is being safe. Success is not failing. Success is being careful. One of the sure signs that you're entertaining a limiting belief is you're frustrated all the time because what God put in your heart to accomplish, your head keeps telling you you can't. And every time this passion rises up, it hits this ceiling. And you're like, oh, what I would do with my life? What would I do with my life? Well, let me ask you a question. What would you do with your life if you knew for a fact that you couldn't fail? And when people begin to answer that question, I begin to see light bulbs go on like, oh, You mean I could do that? Listen to me very carefully. This is for all of your listeners. The worst thing that could happen to you in the context of purpose is not failure. Far more dangerous than failure is becoming successful at the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. Say, say Say that one more time. One more time. In the context of purpose, the worst thing that could happen in your life is not failure. Far more dangerous than failure is becoming successful at the wrong thing. It's living out your life, going to an office you hate. It's pursuing something that you're miserable. You're, you, you, you might even make good money. In fact, I remember when I was in Michigan talking to somebody who worked at Dow Chemical, and, and uh, they said to me, they said, man, I make great money, but I hate what I do. I'm miserable. And he was struggling to leave because these are his words, not mine. He said, they've got me with the golden handcuffs. The, the, the money's too good, but I'm not happy. So he's living out. Now, eventually he found the grace to discover his purpose and he's walking in something different today. He eventually did walk away and he's happier now and he's more fulfilled than he's ever been before. But, um, but I think that's a story for a lot of people. We think it's all about money. I've sat, when, when I was in pastoring in Michigan, I sat with multiple college students who were pursuing a degree 
they did not want, but it was the only one their mom and dad would pay for. Mm -hmm. And so they're trying to get a degree. Mom and dad said they needed to do something that they're going to be miserable doing because why it's not their purpose. Yeah. And I think you have to find the courage to say, you know what, what's the worst thing that could happen? What if I do fail? Can I tell you what? This is a mantra we, we have here at Life Church where I pastor. There is no failure. There's only learning. There's no failure. What if you do fail? What if it doesn't work? Then you learned. You learn something new. You get back up. You dust yourself off. And if, you, if it's your purpose, you try it again. Yeah. You try it wiser. You try it smarter. But you've yeah. got to find the grace. You've got to find this courage, you guys, mm -hmm. to say, no, this yeah. is what I was created for. Let me go ahead and let me try this. Uh, another question I'll throw at you um, is uh, that I found to be really impactful is what in life bothers you the most? Um, because oftentimes the reason something bothers us is because it's our purpose to fix it. We, your purpose is the answer to a problem. Mm. You fulfilling your purpose is the answer to a problem, whether that is in business, it is in leadership. Um, you guys doing this podcast right now, this is an expression of purpose that is an answer to a problem. Everything we do, some, when we walk in our purpose, we are solving a problem, which, you know, your purpose is never just about you. It's about other people. You're going to make an impact when you walk in your purpose. Mm. So that means if I'm frustrated that people don't wash their hands when they leave the bathroom, right. I should make some soap. <laughs> I should make some soap. Exactly. Right? You're solving a problem. <laughs> I love it. No, you know, and to that point, Pastor Charles, I have a question for you. You know, one thing I've noticed just in conversation is uh, those limiting beliefs that you mentioned. You know, in asking the question of what would you do if you knew you couldn't fail, do you notice a difference in answers based on demographic? You know, the younger crowd, I feel like, tends to be a little more open-minded and can kind of take that question and have vision, if you will, uh, versus, you know, maybe somebody that's a little bit older. You start hearing the expressions of, oh, I can only imagine, you know, and, and things yeah. like that. You know, what's your thoughts around that? Yeah, Um Obviously, it's it's not impossible, but I do think um, you know um, psychology, just basic psychology, does teach us that every one of us, as we get older, we lean more into security and comfort than we do, you know, daring and uh, risk. Uh, when we're younger, we believe we have more time to recover. You know, when we're younger, we believe even if I do, I've got time to to get back on track. And I think as we get older. Uh, it, it does become more challenging. I, I don't. I don't think. I don't care who you are. You've got to be more disciplined as you get older, to not begin to rest on your laurels, to not begin to just simply settle and say, "No, wait a minute, wait a minute." The innovation that I experienced when I was 25 produced this. What if I innovate again? You know, what if I innovate again? What if I innovate again? Uh, so I do think that as we grow older, we've got to be way more intentional yeah. about cultivating a mindset that is a, an abundance mindset that says, Hey, you know what? I'm going to keep innovating because you know, it's, it's proven when companies stop doing what they started doing that got them their measure of success, they stop being successful. You know, um, blockbuster video. Yeah. yeah. They were incredible back in the day, right? Like when I was a kid, you knew Friday night was going to be lit when you went to Blockbuster, right? like, <laughs> like, like, Hey, my parents were going to, we're going to rent a movie, going to rent a couple movies, you know, and it was great. Well, you know, as time went on, they refused 
they actually had an opportunity to, to, I think, be purchased by Netflix, if I'm not mistaken, or they had the opportunity to buy Netflix. I can't remember how that worked. But, but they, they declined and they just kept doing their thing. Well, they don't exist anymore yeah. because they stopped innovating. So I do, I think, I think as time goes on, we've got to just be really super intentional to say, nope, I'm going to keep innovating. I, watch this. I'm going to trust in what God put inside of me enough mm. to keep taking steps of faith. Mm. I like that. Because let me tell you guys something. The most successful people I've met, I, I talked to a guy two years ago. He said uh, his greatest measures of success in terms of business and wealth happen after 65. Mm. Hey everybody, that was part one of our two-part series with Pastor Travis, and I know this is not the face you wanted to see because I know you want more. Uh, he was dropping some absolute fire. So I'm excited for you guys to check out part two next week, and uh, we'll see you then. Ambition is priceless, it's something that's in your veins, and I put that on my name. They gonna love me for my ambition.